Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. We're dealing with part number five of this study, the Certain Priesthood, part number five. Again, our main test is Hebrews 10 verse 11. And 12. And so the Bible says, Every priest standeth daily ministering and offering, oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, starting from that moment, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I'll make you see something. The first thing I want you to understand is, you know, when the Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 9, a child is born, a son is given. What was given is the son, not the child. And the son is the head of the church. Therefore, remember when he said, the government shall be where? Upon his shoulder. The shoulder of the son. Now he is the head. The church is his body. So where do you really find the feet of Jesus? The feet of the church. And you have the church. Therefore, the government of God is supposed to be upon your shoulder. And all those enemies are meant to come under where? Your feet. Is that okay? Understand that. Because when he's saying here that he's expecting his enemies to be under his footstool or under his feet, it is actually you that's supposed to be the one bringing all enemies where? On the feet. And it's important you understand that. I was doing a series recently, I mean, two days now with a brother talking about the authority of the kingdom. And expressly we begin to see that God expects us to make manifest his glory on the face of the earth. He's not going to come to do things for us. We are the one to do what he has asked us to do. Amen? Now, look at with me, uh, Psalm 22 verse 27 to 28. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. And all the kingdoms of the nations shall worship before him. Can I hear an amen? For the kingdom is the Lord's and is governor among the nations. Now, it's sometimes very difficult for us to appreciate this fact that no matter what is going on, the Lord is ruling. Just like I was trying to say. is the governor among the nations. No matter what is going on, God is in charge. It's important you understand that. Like I was trying to tell us this morning, that your faith rests in God. is still the governor among the nations. No matter what is going on, even in your own little nation, in your world, the Lord is still the governor. You got to appreciate that. Praise the living God. And so, like we read before in Psalm 110, verse number 1 and 2, NLT, the Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Verse 2 says, the Lord will extend your powerful kingdom from Jerusalem. I keep on emphasizing this. The kingdom of God, the authority of God, the dominion of God can only be extended unto all realms of creation from and through Jerusalem, which has to do with the church. Amen? Hallelujah. I will extend your kingdom from Jerusalem. And he called the powerful kingdom from Jerusalem. You will rule over your enemies. And I need to hear amen to that. So, we need in Colossians chapter 1, verse number 12. It's like giving thanks unto the Father which has made 
us need to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. I talked about joint rulership because we are joined heirs with him. And so we've been translated from the power of darkness and brought us to where? The kingdom of his dear son. What is the kingdom of Christ? And remember, he said, he's going to bring all enemies under the feet of who? Of Jesus in his powerful kingdom. Now you are in that kingdom. And that is why it's very, very important. You understand your present location. Let me see something here. You see, when I say some time past here that the sins of your father can never cling unto you, the idols your father worship will have nothing to do with your life. A lot of people may not have understood that fact. Now, rain fell here now. If, for instance, you were in Benin, right? If you were in Benin and the rain was falling this morning here, and the rain did not fall in Benin, will it touch you? No, it will not. You have been translated. That's the first thing you need to understand about your life. From the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. What caused your translation is the blood. You were moved out. When the children of Israel were in Egypt, under the oppression of Pharaoh, until Moses was sent, as soon as Moses got there and moved them out, Pharaoh had no power over them anymore. You can't be translated from the kingdom of darkness and see the suffering things in the realm of darkness. It means you have not really, really seen or known your rightful position. Praise the living God. And this translation is something that you have to understand in your mind. True, absolute comprehension. That's why Paul will pray in Ephesians 1. That God will give you the spirit and the wisdom of understanding. That you may know. That your eyes of understanding be enlightened to know. Such immeasurable power and glory that God has made available to you. How that he translated you. From the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Whatever is happening in the realm of darkness is not supposed to touch you. Why? Because you don't belong there anymore. Hallelujah. Are you following me? All right. And so we are in the kingdom of God. I want you to understand this. And because God said all enemies are going to be under the feet of Jesus, who is the son, who is the owner of the kingdom. It simply means we together with him, all enemies are meant to go away under our feet because we are in the same kingdom with him. Praise the living God. And so, Luke 22 verse 29 tells us something. Remember, he rules all enemies that will be brought under his feet. So, Luke 22 29, and I appoint unto you a kingdom as my father has appointed unto me. God gave him a kingdom. I was not saying, even as God appointed me a kingdom, I have also appointed you what? A kingdom. That simply means every sphere of life that you are operating in, you are operating as a king in that area. Are you there with me? So take the for instance. If you are in business, that is your realm of a kingdom. God expects you to rule and reign in that sphere of life. As a business person. If you are in the academic world. That is a realm of a kingdom that God has given to you. You are meant to rule and reign. In that sphere of life. Every one of us. Has a realm. God has ordained that we should operate in. And God is insane. In that realm. All enemies are meant to be brought where? On the feet. Wherever, whatever situation you find yourself. You are a king in that realm. 
Because you can't have a kingdom without a king. Kingdom. King domain. That's what it means. Are you there with me? Good. You operate as a king in that area. You are not permitted. I want to say this. You are not permitted to allow anything called an enemy to override you in the domain that God has given to you. You can't take it. You are not allowed to take it. So whether you are a business, whatever thing you are doing, see yourself as a conqueror. See yourself as a king. See yourself as somebody with authority. Do your business with authority of the king. Are you listening to me? Praise the living God. And so in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 25, the Bible says, For he must reign till I put wall. All enemies were under his feet. There is a must. I'm going to give you a simple definition of the word must. I'm in a reign here. He must reign. He is reigning even now until all enemies are brought where? Under his feet. Remember, that is only because he is a king. And the Bible says, we made prince and kings unto who? Unto the Lord. And so, one of the privileges that God has given to us is that once we come to become Christians, we have power to do what? To reign. Hallelujah. And so in 2 Timothy 2 verse 12, the Bible says, If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also do what? Deny us. But a word, I want you to pick that as the word reign. He is reigning and God expects us to do what? To reign. Every king reigns. Every king have authority. Every king have dominion. Every king have power. You must see yourself in the position for enemies to be brought where? Under your feet. You must see yourself as a reigning king in that domain that God has given unto you. Hallelujah. Let me give a simple definition of the word reign so that you can understand. In Romans 5, 13 and 14, the Bible says, For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even unto them that have not seen after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Death reigned. Now, this is where I'm coming to. Is death a human being? How was death reigning? It means death had power. Death has influence. So to reign simply means to exercise influence. I don't know if you're getting that. You can't see death standing on the road. You can't even talk to death. But it had power. So when the Bible says you are reigning, it means you got power. It means you got influence. It means you can change things as you want them to be. Because death can change a living being to a dead person. You can influence situations. And that's what it means to reign. So in your sphere of life as a king, God expects you to exercise influence. That's what I'm saying. And that's exactly what it means to do what? To reign. And you've got to get this in your mind. You have to take this and put it in the right perspective that God intends you to have influence. Even on the earth. He wants you to have influence. He wants you to have influence to change things the way you want them to be. God has ordained that. You could change things in his will as he has ordained it to be. Are you following me? Death reigned. How was it? What was the throne of death? That simply means death had a throne because he was reigning as a king. He was killing people. And the reason why he was doing that was because the law was there. Remember, according to the word, if a God spoke to Adam, the day you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. And the eight, death came in and began to reign. Are you there with me? 
Moses gave the law and he said, Anyone that sins should be stoned to death. They took advantage for that. It began to rain. By exercising and making people to sin so that they can be stoned to death. The power of death is the law. Are you there with me? Therefore, it is something you have to understand that God has given you so much influence at this time and hour that we are in to rule and reign. In other words, to change and influence the system that you find yourself. No man is going to do that for you. Because like he said, as God gave me, appointed me a kingdom, so have I also the one appointed you. When God appointed him to have the kingdom, he wasn't going to ask God to come and help him do anything. He was to rule and reign in that kingdom. And if God appointed a kingdom for you, that means in your own sphere of life, God expects you to do what? To rule and reign. There are certain things you ask God he will not do for you because he's giving you the power to do them. You can change your situation by your confession, by the things you know, by what you believe. It's not everything you go to God for. Understand what I'm saying. I don't know if you're getting that. Praise the living God. So now we find that death was reigning. Death had power. That had dominion. Death was influencing certain things. Death can change you from a living being to a dead corpse. It got power. So it was reigning. And God expect you. I am saying and I'm going to say it loud and clear. You got enough power within you to rule and reign. Hallelujah. Look at Romans 5.21. Romans 5.21 that I've seen hath reigned unto death. Even so, my grace reigned through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Be together. Sin was reigning, working in conjunction with what? With death. Now righteousness is reigning. <laughs> and it's producing what? Life. I don't know if I get what I'm talking about. You got to understand this. So, if sin with death were influencing you negatively and reducing you as it were, you have to understand right now, righteousness is also doing what? Reigning. In conjunction with Christ on the throne and what it produced what? Life. Hallelujah. So righteousness has power. Righteousness has dominion. Righteousness has ability. Righteousness can influence. And you say, but I'm not righteous. No, you have been made the righteousness of God in who? In Christ. That means you can reign. Praise the living God. You have what it takes to reign. That's what I'm trying to emphasize today. As a priest, sitting down at the right hand of God, God has qualified you to the righteousness of his son to do what? To rule and reign. You can reign. You move to your place of work, you know you're walking in righteousness, which is of Christ. You can reign right there. You reign over your establishment. Reign over your business. Reign. Just keep reigning. Because God wants you to be a king. Hallelujah. So sin had power. And the outcome of the power of sin as a king was death. Now, righteousness had power. And the outcome of righteousness reigned in this world, life. So life is for you and no death. Hallelujah. As you have submitted to the influence of sin to die, now you are meant to submit to the influence of righteousness and do what? And live. So you can tell yourself, I am not dying right now. Why? Because I have righteousness of God in me. And it's raining. And the outcome of the reign of righteousness what? is life. Are you following me? So the thoughts of death, the thoughts of sicknesses, the thoughts of failure, the th all of those things, they are all deaths. All those things must get out of your mind. Praise the living God. Why? Because you are in conjunction with another power that is called righteousness. And that righteousness has power to influence and to change things. 
If sin was changing things and you were dying, righteousness is changing things and you are going to live. Praise the living God. We're talking of reigning powers. <laughs> he must reign. Get that right. When he says he must reign until all enemies are brought under his feet. And in quality said, the last enemy to be brought under his feet is going to be what? Death. So friends, death ought to be under our feet. Hallelujah. And some of you need to receive what I'm saying into your mortal body, into your physical body, to transform these sick vessels into life and living vessels. Hallelujah. Sickness were meant to be far away from our physical bodies. Why? Because there's reigning power called righteousness. And the only thing that that thing can produce is what? Life. Life in your physical body. Life in every system that you find yourself. Life in your businesses. There has to be life. Because we are walking with a rainy king which is called what? Righteousness. I want you to understand this. Praise the living God. When you check yourself to see if you are sick, check yourself to see how much life you've gotten. Because when you think about sickness, you're trying to check yourself. My temperature is hot, my what? Now, begin to check yourself for how much life you have manifested. Because righteousness is in your life. And it's meant to give you life. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Therefore, look at the book of Romans 6 verse 12 again. Romans 6 verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that it should obey in the last thereof. Sin reign where? In your mortal body. Now, you got to understand that. If sin was reigning in your mortal body, what now reigns in your mortal body? Righteousness. So when I was talking about you check yourself for life, you were wondering. Here you find it in the Bible. When sin was reigning, you always get sick in your physical body. Now righteousness is reigning. What should we expect in your physical body? Life. You can speak to yourself. All form of sickness within my being disappear. You can command them to go. You can ask them to leave. Because a different person is not reigning where? In your mortal body. We are talking of this body that can die. The power that was operating in this body was the power of sin. It can cause the body to begin to degenerate, to begin to make you sick, and you fall, you die, whatever the case may be. But now we have another reigning power, and it's called the reigning power of what? Righteousness. So what you should expect for your body is life, and life, and life, and healing, and health. Hallelujah. Those are the things that righteousness produces. And it talks about you obeying. So that's the key. It was in your obedience to the works of sin that you were dying. Now you've got to be in obedience to the work, the work of righteousness. Influencing all of your mortal body. Friends, the truth remains. We are not supposed to be sick people. Praise the living God. I'm sure last week I mentioned that to you. I was it Wednesday. Third John verse 2. Let's take a look at that again. Third John verse 2. The book of Third John verse number 2. Or 1 and 2, if you will. Hallelujah. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. And I want you to understand this fact. The prosperity of your health in all things is directly connected to what? Your soul. And your soul has to do with your mind, your intellect, your emotion, and your will. Those forty makes up your soul. So the way you think in your soul is what your body will do what? Manifest. If God said you can prosper in your health, you got to believe it. The prosperity of your health turns to that which is called how do I define this for you to understand? Divine health. Meaning, God is sustaining you and giving you life within your physical body. Divine health. Are you following what I'm saying now? We are supposed to live in what? 
in divine health. Praise the living God. I want you to understand what God is saying in this word. What God has in his agenda for you as a believer, as a child of God. What kills people is not supposed to kill us. What destroys people is not supposed to destroy us. Where men are failing, we are not supposed to fail. We have righteousness reigning on our behalf. And it's influencing the environment that we live in. Praise the living God. As we obey sin unto death, now we are called to obey righteousness unto what? Unto life. The more we obey in righteousness, the more life that we receive. Praise the living God. Are we see here? Amen. So, this scripture is so powerful. You can take it down. You can meditate upon it anytime. I wish above all things that you may prosper and be held, even as you are so prospered. And the word prosper there, in the true sense, talking about speed. I'm thinking about you having speed, even in that which you are doing. Praise the living God. He said you have to have speed. You have to prosper. You have to move forward. Glory to God. I wish above all things. Now, he cannot be wishing and the thing will not come to pass. Whatever thing you wish, you are supposed to be receiving. Amen? Praise the living God. All right. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 4, verse number 8. Okay, we can just jump that, no problem. Go to Psalm, I mean, Proverbs 25 and verse 28. Leave 1 Corinthians. Proverbs 25, 28. Hallelujah. Look at this. I mentioned this last week. I need to give you the scripture. He that had no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Here is the greatest test on how you can come into rulership. Like I mentioned before, why it is possible to rule and yet you don't rule is because of what is in your spirit. The Bible is saying here, if you can control your spirit, you are like a city whose walls are broken down. Now, walls are meant to protect. For instance, this building, and this wall here. Why do we have the wall on the building? To protect us from wind and sun and rain, whatever the case may be. That's the purpose of walls. Walls are meant for protection. In other words, when you don't have control over your spirit, you open the door for all manner of things to come into your life. So if your spirit is not strong in believing that I am supposed to live, I am meant to live, I have life within me. If your spirit is not strong in that dimension, what's the next thing you allow? You allow all that negative thought to come into your life. And the result is death and sickness and poverty that we receive. It's all coming from our spirit. Praise the living God. Are you following me? It have no rule. And this is important so that you know how to make confession. What I mean is, sometimes you say things that are not supposed to be spoken at all. I don't see life to be anything anymore. In fact, I don't understand. In fact, I, I, I don't know. I wish I'm not living. You know, have you said things like that some time ago? And even now, you have a lot of people saying, oh, I cannot. wrong confession. Why? You don't have control over what? Your spirit. I said it last week. If you are somebody who flares up so quickly, you're deceiving yourself. You can't have rule over your spirit if the spirit of anger is controlling your life. And the more you walk in the spirit of anger and the spirit of forgiveness, you are opening doors to other entities to come into your spirit and take dominion over your life. You are obeying those spirits unknown to you. That's the key. Praise the living God. So he that have no control over his spirit. Halabarasuntaharia. He that have no rule. In other words, he who cannot reign over his spirit is like a city broken down and without walls. Look at this. If you don't have protection like a wall in your house, even in the midst of that which we're doing, you see our cockroaches and lizards and whatever, they still find their way into our rooms. Am I correct? Not to talk about when you don't have wall again. So what happens? 
All manner of creepy things come into your life. You open yourself to all manner of things. You open yourself to even sicknesses. By the way you think. Because you have no control over what? Your spirit. Are you surprised people die sometimes when they are not supposed to die? Listen. People who even, most people who even want to die, or may who speak about that, they don't die. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? I want you to have control over everything that is around you. And it comes from where? Your spirit. Ability to manage your spirit is very important. Don't, don't take him by everything that offends. Don't take him, I mean, don't allow everything you see to turn you off. From the reality of you having dominion. You meant to rule what? In righteousness. Understand that. It will have no control over his spirit. It's like a city without walls. Whose walls are what? Are broken down. I want you to picture what it is. For a city not to have walls. Which is meant for defense. I want you to picture yourself. Being such an individual. Are you listening to me? Praise the living God. He that had no control. <laughs> when I was sharing with the brethren, I mean them to understand. Do you know that gluttony is a spirit? Hmm? You eat and eat, you don't stop once the food is there. It's a spirit. You don't have control over your spirit. You should have some foodometer that tells you that you have gauged. I don't even get what I'm saying. <laughs> Do you understand what I said there? Yeah. What did I call that? Foodometer. You should have it in your spirit that will tell you that enough. You, have, you are crossing your boundary. But there are people, once the food is there, of oh, glory, until it is leveled, they won't give up. You have no control over what? Your spirit. Take note of that. Are you following what I'm saying? I mean, I'm trying to make you understand that there are, there's a kind of life you live and it's just a result of the fact that you have no control. Where people who talk and talk and talk, they don't, no break. No break. I had a friend like that. I was traveling one time in the U.S., and somebody asked me a question. Did you travel with that guy? I said, yes. Hey, that guy talks a lot. Did you notice that? I said, yes. The guy started me right from when we started the vehicle driving for about an hour plus. He was the only one talking. He was the only one talking. And we have people like that. You don't, you don't close your mouth. You just talk and talk. Whether the things are relevant or irrelevant. You don't even care whether the person you're talking to is bored. I didn't know how to stop this guy, but I was really bored of all the things you were talking about. No control over your spirit. If you live that kind of life, don't expect anything like righteousness to reign. We are talking about righteousness reigning and producing life. And this life is an abundant life. It continues to flow from the realm of righteousness because it's really king right now in your life. Amen, somebody. Praise the living God. Sometimes some of your thought patterns are the things you need to control. There are things you may be wanting so strongly, but you have not asked God if God actually desired those things to come to pass at that other time. Is that okay? It could be influence you want to have on people. And, and you think people don't obey you, they are not reasoning with you because of what you are thinking. But you may not even understand if that is not what God has for the situation at that time. Praise the living God. God expects us to have control over what? Our spirit. By implication, we can manage any situation, no matter how rough and tough it is. We can manage it by reason of the fact that we have dominion over our spirit. If you can control your spirit, don't expect to control anybody else. If you can control your spirit, don't expect to control the environment that you're living in. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Take with me Revelation 11 verse 15. This will also bless you. And the seven angels sounded and there was great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world 
are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. The kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Remember, we've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. The kingdoms of this world, all realms of existence are becoming. Remember, Psalm 22, he said, he's going to reign as the governor of all the nations. Are you following what I'm saying now? So everything is coming back to God, but he's using the church to do that. The kingdoms of this world, the domains of this world, the powers of this world are becoming that of the Lord and of what? And of his Christ. Praise the living God. And you are the one at the center of this. You are the one that makes this possible. By implication, whatever business you are doing, God expects you to reign. So you have the kingdom of fashion, you have the kingdom of artistic kingdom, that's the kingdom, that's your realm. Is that okay? I mean, if you follow what I'm talking about. For instance, you have the animal kingdom, the fish kingdom, the flower kingdom. These are all realms in life. Are you following what I'm saying? So you also have the business kingdom, right? Artistic kingdom. I mean, whatever realms. You say all of those things are becoming that of the who? Of the Lord and of his Christ. You are conquering those things. You are dominating those things. You are, you are bringing life to those things. Hallelujah. The kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and who? And of his Christ. That's why there's rejoicing. That's why there is joy in heaven. Seeing that God is conquering, God is bringing everything on the feet, on the feet of Jesus Christ, which is the church. Hallelujah. And that's why you read in Obadiah verse 21, the book of Obadiah. It says, Saviors shall arise or shall come up out of Mount Zion to judge him out of face, and the kingdom shall be who? Shall be the Lord's. Obedah 21. Saviors. So you have Jesus as the Savior, and then you have Saviors. You have Jesus as King, and then you have Kings. You have Jesus as Lord, and then you have what? Lords. You got to understand that. He is the King of Kings. Understand this. Not just the kings in the world alone, but the king of kings. He's a king in the midst of other kings. So you are a king. And he's saying, if he's a savior, you are savior. This may be difficult to understand, but this is simple truth. He is a savior, we are saviors. He is a king, we are kings. He is Lord, we are lords. And say that giving you a kingdom, as my father appointed unto me. Saviors shall arise out of Mount Zion. What is it trying to say? Through your influence, even the Esau speaks of the flesh, speaks of that which is not godly, speaks of anything worldly. That's Esau because you could not understand the bad rights. You understand the picture? Right. And he said, you are meant to rule. So if you go into your business place, God expects you to have dominion in that area. Hallelujah. And then you step into an environment that is not productive, it begins to pick up. Why? Because a savior just came into the situation. You're producing life. You're giving life to that situation. Praise the living God. I've always, I mean, explained this to you largely from the life of, of Jacob. When Jacob went to Laban's house, do you remember this story? Very good. Business was as normal. But when Laban, I mean Jacob got there, and when he wanted to leave, Laban made a confession. I would not like you to go now, because since you came in here, my business took a U-turn. By inflation, he went in there and began to influence the business. Ideas were coming. I mean, what am I trying to say? Listen to me, folks. Wherever you are, your hands are so blessed. Because you are a covenant child, and God will prosper the works of your hands. Because Jacob was a covenant person, everything in the house of Laban began to move with high speed. And he said, I can't let you go now because I'm seeing changes. That is to say, anywhere you go, you carry an influence. Anywhere you go, are you following what I'm talking about? Whatever thing you are doing, you carry an influence. Even if the thing was not working, but because you are there, it's going to work. 
Praise the living God. That is the influence of the kingdom. So, we are not talking about something that's going to happen tomorrow. God wants you to reign now. Not tomorrow. You can reign in every realm of life that you find yourself. People should be happy when you step into an environment that they have been in. You carry that heavy load of joy to distribute. You carry heavy dose of success. Capsules that you give to those who are sick and they prosper. Are you sitting there with me? This is what God has made you for. And this is your time and this is your season. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. God wants you to prosper. Everyone reigning prospers. Everyone reigning have authority and it prospers. You determine what happens. Not anybody else. Not the devil. Even God is not ready to determine what happens to you anymore. He is giving you the authority. You determine what happens. You should determine what happens. You want to live well? You determine that. The power is already in you. The authority is already in you. The power of righteousness is already working in your life. You determine what you want right now. Somebody say, you mean we don't need to pray again? You only pray to find out the will of God. But the power to execute it is already within you. Praise the living God. Are you sitting there with me? Let's take the final scripture. I'll show you what it means to rule and reign as well. Exercising authority and dominion because you are a child of the Most High God and it's giving you a kingdom. There are some things you cannot allow in the environment that you find yourself, in the things that you are doing, in your business. There are certain things you can't allow. Why? Because you are a reigning king and you can determine what is there and what is not there in your kingdom. Acts chapter 13 verse number 6. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I see light coming to some of you. I see light coming to some of you. Yes, light is breaking forth. You're going to be walking in authority from now. Whatever thing you declare is coming to pass. As it is joined in the power of righteousness, whatever your mouth declared is coming to pass. Glory. Acts 13 verse 6. And when they had gone through the eyes unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was by Jesus. He was a Jew anyway. Which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul, and desired to hear the word of God. But Elimas, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, we stood them seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Paul, who is also called, I mean Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O fool of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of righteousness, will thou not cease to provide the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, glory, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately, there fell on him a mist and darkness and he went about seeking someone to lead him by what? By the hand. Then the deputy when he saw what was done believed being astonished at the doctrine of who? Of the Lord. There are certain things you can allow to stand on your way of success. Are you following what I'm talking about? You just get them out of the way. You see, Paul did not spend enough time or all the time trying to do one acrobatic thing. He just made a statement. Be blind for a season, not seeing the sun. And that was it all. There are certain things you're going to allow to prosper, on, I mean, to succeed on your way or to stop your progress in the thing that you're doing, especially when it comes to the thing of righteousness of God. Be blind for a season with all that you needed. He was not going to spend time telling stories. He just looked at him and said, you, 
You you trying to stop the work of God, be blind for a season, not seeing the sun. But you know, he had good mind as well. He didn't say be blind forever, be blind for a season. Until that which is done is done, be blind. Then when that which is done is already accomplished, may your eyes be open to see the goodness of the Lord. That is why the Bible says, God shall prepare a table before you were in the presence of your enemy. So now, the deputy believed the Lord. And I'm sure his eyes got open to see that the deputy have finally called, believe the Lord. Be blind for a season. There are certain things you cannot allow in your home, in your family. No, 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 no. I'm not talking of killing people. That's not what I'm saying. But you send them out. In your business, there are certain spirits that are trying to operate that. You send them out. Why? You are a rainy king. Praise the living God. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. You are a rainy king. Now, let, let me take this. I'm sorry. I think you need this. And it's important you get this. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 20, verse number 8. It's similar to what Paul had just done here. I think we need to read that. Proverbs 20, verse number 8. A king seated on the throne of judgment scattered away all evil with what? With his eyes. When a king is sitting in judgment, he can look at you and say you are guilty. He can look at you and say you are right. He can look at you and say you are discharged and acquitted. When a king sits on his throne, by implication, there are certain spirits that cannot stand in your presence. That's the glory God has given to you. If you're sitting together with Christ in heavenly places, as his spiritual soul, all powers, there are so many negative spirits that cannot just, once they come close to you, they bow. You gave us example from the book of Mark, remember? Mark chapter 5. The demoniac. Here was a demon, I mean possessed individual that stayed on the cemetery. Nobody can bind him. When he chained him, he caught every chain. Everything we got loose. And yet he was in the cemetery. Having fellowship with demons over there. But when he saw Jesus, Jesus never said anything. He's just looking at him. That's the king sitting on the throne. He cried out. Have you come to torment us? Well, it is not yet time. Jesus had not even said anything. When the king sit on his throne, are you getting what I'm talking about? Your sitting position is what the least power to you. If you can sit with Christ, no demon will stand in your front. No power will stand to stop you. No spirit will stand to stop you. For when a king sitting on the throne, he scattered evil world with his eyes. The presence of God it's enough to cause the Red Sea to part. It's not enough to cause the mountain to melt. It's enough to cause the wall of Jericho to come down. The presence of God. If you take that rebuke of Song of Solomon, you know what he said? Who is that coming from the wilderness? Remember, even in Jericho, Rahab said, the heart of the people have what? Melted. Hearing that you are coming. Why? Because they were the carrier of God's presence. They were the carrier of the ark of God. Are you getting that? Men will hear about you and they will faint. Enemies will hear about you and they will faint. Merely calling your name. If you come to it and say, don't call that person's name here anymore. Because your presence and your name is destroying everything they want you to do. Glory to God. He that sits on the throne as a king. We scatter evil with what? With his eyes. The eye speaks of faith. It speaks of the glory. It speaks of your presence. It speaks of light. When you stand and sit in there together with Christ on that same throne, any enemy coming your way with dispatch. There are some things that people are planning to do. When they come close to you enough, they will forget what they wanted to do. Did you hear what I said? They will forget what they plan to do. They will mistrack where they've had a plan to do. Once your name is mentioned, they lose their senses. You have authority. I'm saying this authority of righteousness is in your life. Hallelujah. So the day has come and now is when you must stand and sit in the position that God has for you. You have to come to that place of understanding. God has graced me with authority. God has graced me with power. Christ has graced me with righteousness. As sin ruled, even so righteousness, he do what? He's ruling right now. And that is why in the book of Isaiah, remember when the Bible tells us, praise the living God. 
He said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you, that shall ye condemn. He said, your righteousness is of me. And this is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. No tongue is meant to rise against you. No power is meant to stand on your way. Listen folks, you got to stand up as the church is supposed to be. The early church, the enemy were afraid of them. But the present church of today, we've lost all of that. We must revert back to who we are. We must get back to who we are. We must begin to see exactly who we are. Praise the living God somebody. You see, there are some times, I remember some time ago, certain things was happening. Even then, I've not got to know the Lord. But I was passing through a path, and somebody walked out of the road and looked at me. And he said, indestructible. I never understood what he was saying. Later, I was made to understand that man was a chronic wizard in my community. But he looked at me and he said, indestructible. By implication, this one can be destroyed. The enemy knows you. I said, the enemy knows you. You will say, how can that be? Go and ask the devil who make this statement. Jesus I know, Paul I know, who are you? That is Bible. Are you following what I'm talking about? There is something you carry that you don't even understand. You carry the glory and the power of God, the righteousness of God on your inside. When you step into a place, demons are meant to bow before you. They are meant to cry out before you. You don't force them to cry out, they're going to cry out. Praise the living God. This is the heritage of what? The servant of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me. Not because of what they've done. But right now, righteousness is ruling and reigning. You take authority over that silly spirit that is trying to protrude into your family. Take authority. That, that silly spirit trying to come into your business, you can ask them to live with just one word. And you have to say it and believe it. Praise the living God, somebody. Stand up, somebody. Just want you to stand up. I need you to begin to pray. Talk to the Father. We're talking about sitting priesthood and we're talking about ruling and reigning in the authority of the righteousness of God. Glory to God. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.